Support for WGLT's Grow comes from FS Custom Turf by Evergreen FS. FS Custom Turf offers complete lawn and tree care services to preserve the health of yards, trees, and shrubs. Products and services detailed at evergreen-fs.com. Welcome to Grow. I'm Sarah Nardi. Despite what the recent snowfall would have us think it is spring and things are finally in bloom, including, of course, dandelions. We see them everywhere, but Patrick Murphy is here to tell us some little-known facts about our yellow friends, or foes, depending on how you look at them. Patrick is with ISU School of Biological Sciences and the curator of the Fell Arboretum. Hey, Patrick. Heidi ho Settle something for me, dandelions. Flower or weed? Well, between you and I, Sarah... I think they're a flower, but I think most people categorize them as a weed. Okay. Weeds are plants that are grown where they're not wanted. So sadly, in the West, I think that they fit into the weed category. They've been loved and hated for centuries, but as we kicked off our chat, I think they're mostly loved. I think so, too, and I do want to officially cast my vote here and say that I find them delightful. My child finds them delightful. They're just kind of synonymous with spring and new beginnings and childhood and and fun. Man, I love that, and I'm sticking with it, too. Let's lock arms on that for sure. Done. And the name dandelion comes from a mispronunciation of a French term, dent de lion, which means tooth of the lion. Uh, Since the leaves are serrated in a manner that resembles incisor teeth, I could see why they're given that name. Yeah, and I'd never heard that, and I love it because I love etymology, and I love French, and I especially love little-known facts that I can pretentiously work into, like, cocktail conversation, Mm -hmm. and that's a perfect one. I've got one for you, then. (laughs) So thank you. I've got another one for you. (laughs) What's that? You know, with cocktails and conversation comes, you know, your mouth starts to kind of smack a little bit, and... All of that, uh, all those grapes have made your mouth like kind of... Yeah, you get the dry mouth. You might need to brosse les dents. You brush your teeth. Yeah, I remember that from French (laughs) in high school. You could brosse les dents sous les arbres, which means brush your teeth under the trees. Yeah, no, man, I got a million of them. (laughs) The plant is very useful and offers numerous benefits, and folks have been making wine and salads or salés, preserves (laughs) and medicinals with dandelions forever, for a long, long time. And it benefits the liver, it aids in digestion, it can even help manage diabetes. Soaps made with dandelion milk are germicidal and can stop fungal funkiness. And uh, bitter teas can be concocted to aid in weight loss, uh, to boost immunity and alleviate anemia, and even regulate blood pressure, high or low. I just think this is amazing. And this isn't just uh, Mother Earth type stuff. This is real. This is all nutritional medical benefits have been confirmed through the USDA Food Data Central. Okay. So it's not just our hippy-dippy. This is legit. That's right. Okay. That's right. You can make wine and preserves uh, with dandelions. That requires the greatest amounts of flowers to be collected for harvest as the main ingredient. One cup of dandelion flowers is needed to make uh, 16 ounces of dandelion jelly. So that's going to be upwards of 75 to 100 dandelion flowers just to make four four-ounce jars of yellow jelly. And one gallon of dandelion flowers are needed to create a home-brewed dandelion wine. That's a lot of dandelions. That's several hundred in the case that you need to uh, pick them for brewing wine. And then here's one last detail. They need to be perfect. Have you had dandelion wine? Yeah, I, I have. I'm not a big fan. I wouldn't think it was good. But I think I'm going to... In the month of May, I think I'm going to try and make two things right here in the Fell Arboretum. Okay. Dandelion jelly 
and crab apple jelly. Oh, oh, my grandma used to make it. Yes. Yes, so good. So last year someone taught me how to make them from the prairie crab apples mm-hmm. that we have. We have a beautiful big one here in the Arboretum. And I think it'd be fun to kind of go up and set up outside like Grandpa used to do Mm -hmm. with some tables and a cook stove and our jars and all the things that are needed and cook all this stuff and prepare it right out in the glorious sunlight. That sounds lovely. Yeah. The flavor of the jelly and the flowers, it's subtle and it blends well with vanilla and citrus and they are ingredients in the dandelion preserves. Okay. Dandelion jelly. And eating the greens is easy. An old Italian fellow I know up north named Gabe Caliendo introduced me to dandelion greens on a baguette with a little bit of oil or a little thumb slice of uh, hard cheese, just as kind of a late morning snack. Yeah, right? that's very European, and I think it sounds amazing. And I also think that a baguette with a hard cheese like a manchego or a telagio, maybe a sheep's milk cheese with the dandelion jelly, that's good stuff. Yeah, there's something about the bitters Yeah. that complement that bread or the cheese very much yeah in a, here i go being pretentious but a nice spanish combination is manchego cheese and a fig spread and you know i could see that with dandelions maybe we could midwestify that a little bit yeah right? or maybe we could do it with pawpaws or persimmons oh the that's good even... days ahead because we've got father's day to think about harvesting yep. some pawpaws and stuff like that you're so, on fire today with your ideas yeah that's that's great that makes me a snob too then <laughs> When Gabe first told me about this, I was skeptical, and then upon looking into the idea, I found that dandelions are part of numerous plant lists that categorize edible plants for foraging. The entire plant, when it comes to the dandelion, is edible, but the greens make the best salad version. Uh, Trimmed off the main plant uh, without the flower or the little coarse attachment um, where it flares out from the rosette, you want to trim that part off too. Okay. If you're really trying to impress yourself and your guests, you could trim that central vein out and just have the little leafy stuff on there. It almost looks like seaweed at that point. Okay, that is fancy. I think that that tastes the best and it's the easiest to eat because when you're biting through the bread, you know, if you don't bite all the way through, you get the tag along and then it's hanging down your face. You do. Yeah. So that's another reason to consider cutting that little midrib out of that leaf. The flower is what is used for the wine and preserves as well as some of the medicinals. Uh, One could pull the entire plant off its root and likely have another dandelion to harvest in three to four weeks. Mm -hmm. That's a benefit and a curse at the same time. Uh, The long taproot makes it tough and survivable, but it also makes it hard to control improved areas like lawns and ornamental planting areas. And that might be why people are so frustrated by dandelions because they're really hard to get rid of. But is it just an aesthetic preference that people don't want the dandelions in their yard or among their plantings? Or can it really, can it do harm to your garden? I think that it can be explained in the manner in which a lot of unwanted weeds grow in turf and ornamental beds. So a dandelion's a little bit on the lazy side, Mm -hmm. and the leaves come out from the rosette, and they just lay themselves on the ground. They don't support themselves in an upright manner to seek out the sunlight. Okay. So as as the dandelion begins to grow, that bare spot that would be left if the dandelion were not there gets bigger and bigger. Right now, if we're fighting dandelions, I've always said the best way to do it is by letting your grass grow a little taller and letting it go a little longer between each mowing. Because as the grass grows, it makes those leaves kind of coalesce and fold up on themselves Mm -hmm. and they can't get as much sunlight. 
And then it's a matter of competition. Okay. And uh, this would be true if you're trying to establish a native plant stand, because that takes like two to three, even four years. You'd be mowing these plants down to help build their root system and their network and to take away from this environment that allows lazy weeds like a dandelion to come to town. But I also think it's interesting to say, in that my answer to your question, I've seen lots of people's yards over the years that had no grass in them at all. They were a combination of red clover, white clover, dandelions, a little bit of crabgrass, and some annual bluegrass. And it has a nice smell to it. Mm-hmm. It handles tons of rain. It does an even better job than a monoculture type turf. It, mm-hmm. does, it does a great job of soaking up all that moisture. But here's the real kicker. In this world that we live in, it's changing so much. The dandelions are an important part of our pollinator cycle. So, you know, yeah, you might not want a bunch of little yellow flowers out in the middle of your green turf, but it doesn't mean you got to spray your whole yard down with herbicide. Right. Yeah. Well, if you have any questions about the gardener landscape, get in touch and Patrick Murphy will answer. I'm Sarah Nardi. Send your questions to wglt.org grow.